0: today on CityCast Denver. It's green chili season in Colorado, but at Chubby's restaurant in Denver's north side, it's been green chili season for over half a century. And at Chubby's, the only thing as spicy as the chili is the family drama. So I think the apocalypse
1: could come and I would go over to Chubby's and get my special with Chicharron and wait for the end of the world. Like I would still make sure Chubby's was there. <laughs>
0: Citycast Denver politics and Green Chili correspondent Justine Sandoval is on the show today to dive into the complicated legend of the Cordova family and why their Green Chili is worth fighting for. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies and this is Citycast Denver. Justine Sandoval, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me. So I just have to ask you, as a person that like kind of can't handle the spice of Chubbies, <laughs> what do you? Why do you like Chubbies? Well, I think part of
1: my love for Chubbies is just being a Northside girl, born and raised in Northwest Denver, and Chubbies has always been a staple, um, a treat, <laughs> an indulgence. Something that you know you're excited to go if you're doing a chubby's run, everybody has something to put in their order, and you always respect the person who's willing to go in and do the actual order and the run for you. (laughs) (laughs) So, there's this whole culture around chubby's, and I think you know the food is delicious, in my opinion. I love chubby's, um, but also just it's such a part of the culture of Northwest Denver that it's just
0: really been ingrained in who I am. And when we talk about that culture, I'm thinking about like the actual environment of like, like you said, the person that's going to take a giant order for a group of friends is like willing to brave the sort of the chaos of chubbies (laughs) that we all sign up for when we go there. Can you talk about that? Like experience, like the going to order at Chubby's experience?
1: Yeah, well, it's a l- experience every time you go to Chubby's. And um, there's been different variations of the building throughout the years. My parents always tell me that in the 70s, it was just a walk-up window. Um, so everybody would go up to the Chubby's walk-up window. They would order their food and go over to La Rasa Park and hang out at the park. So it's always been kind of um, something that people have done throughout the years. And then while I was growing up um, and until recently, Chubby's was more of like, it was like a shack (laughs) and you would go in. It was tiny, but you could go in. So tiny. Yeah. So I think there was definitely more kitchen than there was waiting room. And so it was a little waiting room and you would go in and I always called Chubby's the great like equalizer (laughs) of Denver. It's like the only place you see gangbangers and cops like waiting side by side to get their food. Or you see like girls leaving the club and like people in business suits all waiting to get chubbies packed in that little room. And so recently they've expanded in the last uh, few years to have a bigger building and the old original building was knocked down and now they have a parking lot and places to sit down and eat. So yes, chubbies has been through some changes, but most of it stayed the same.
0: And what's funny to me is even when you go into the big one, it still has this like chaotic feel where you're like, who's in line to order, who's waiting, what is going on? Like you like what I don't even know if my number's correct, like. It's yes. It's like translated that <laughs> chaos to this bigger space.
1: I always say there's no rhyme or reason to the system at Chubby's, and the funny thing about that is a lot of us from the neighborhood had thought, oh, they're going to finally expand Chubby's. It's going to be bigger. We're not going to be in this waiting room, and they're going to have like a different system. <laughs> like our expectation is that like the process was going to change, but it was exactly the same. And even the way they set it up, you still cluster up in the front, and it. Still reminds me of the old <laughs> chubbies in a lot of ways. I always can tell a first timer when I'm in chubbies because there's no like pattern, no numerical pattern to like how they call the numbers, and you'll hear them calling like 12, 247, <laughs> 3. And they're like, I think they skip me. There's actually one story. I was in Chubby's one time and there was a guy sitting there and he looked so confused and he turned to me. He was like, I think they skipped me. And I was like, no, no, no. You have to listen. Like, cause you, <laughs> there's no order. You just have to listen. So that's always like one of the unique experiences of going to Chubby's is you, it's chaos. And that's part of the fun of it too. Um, It's always a reunion for me when I'm in there. <laughs> you always see at least, you know, three or p- four people, you know. Um, Everyone coming in from somewhere to get their special with chicharron. That's my order.
0: (laughs) Yeah. What's your, tell me your Chubby's order.
1: So, my order, I always get a special, a handheld special, and that is beans, cheese, green chili, and I add chicharron. Um, Not smothered. I like the handheld, but many people prefer the smothered. And then, of course, smothered fries. Sometimes when I'm feeling wild, I'll get meat on them, but usually
0: just plain, small chili cheese fries. So Justine, we sort of sent you on this mission to find out more about the Chubbies backstory and what's going on because you're so familiar with it as a patron and a na- you know, person from the neighborhood. What did you discover in your search for information on Chubbies?
1: So Chubbies um, was started by Stella Cordova, who is a Northside legend, uh, Grandma Stella, some people would call her. <laughs> but yeah, Stella Cordova was born in Southern Colorado, uh, like most of us here in Denver. <laughs> most of our history starts in Southern Colorado. I believe she was born in Walsenburg, um, and she had met her husband working on farms in Greeley, and then they moved to Denver in the 1950s. Stella was working different jobs in Denver, and she had saw a Cook Want it sign at a restaurant on 38th and Le Pen which was, that is why there's the burger drive through connection, because it was a burger drive-in.
0: Because the official name is is like Chubby's Burger Drive-In.
1: Yes, that's the official name, Chubby's Burger Drive-In. And that's because the original location was um, a burger drive-in. And so there was a cook wanted sign. Stella went in and started working there, and they just weren't selling burgers. So the owner decided to jump ship, and I think he sold it to her for like, uh, $2,000 and let her make payments on it. So she couldn't pass it up. She took it over, started trying to sell burgers, still not selling burgers. And then that's when she decided to add the Mexican food into the menu, you know, tostadas and burritos and green chili, which was very specific to a lot of people living in the neighborhood. And it's interesting because at that time, I believe she took it over in 1967. So that time the neighborhood was starting to shift from a predominantly Italian neighborhood. And lots of Chicanos were moving into the neighborhood um, to work in a lot of the factories that were downtown near like I-70 and I-25 corridor. So families were moving in and it was like the only place to go get mexican food in the neighborhood so it became the staple for people moving into the community
0: doesn't that blow your mind like you and i grew up here in the 80s and 90s and like that we my family went to the north side to get mexican food but yeah <laughs> that was of relatively new you know it was like only a couple decades before did that not exist in the north side so it makes sense that like chubby's is like the root of that of that part of denver
1: Yep, uh, Stella saw an opportunity there, and it was the right choice. She gave the people what they wanted, and they have been serving spicy green chili since.
0: <laughs> so Stella passed away in like 2009, I believe, and she yes. was a hundred. Mm-hmm. And she worked at Chubby's until she passed away.
1: Like, oh yeah. She was always there. I remember as a little girl, her being in the kitchen,
0: standing in the back with her apron on, always there in Chubby's. That is amazing. And I, I, so I'm thinking of this story that I read from Westward from a, a couple years before she passed away by Adam Caton Holland, sort of talking about the Chubby's empire. But at that point in the mid 2000s, um, there was some family drama around. Uh, who is going to take it over or who is sort of next in line. And then we have to talk about the fact that there's Chubby's Burger Drive-In, and then you may see other Chubbies across the state. What's going on with those? So basically, the Cordova family is a very big family. And
1: <laughs> I think that a lot of people, you know, took off from the Chubby's idea to build other restaurants. And at You know, one time there were dozens of different Chubbies all over the state. Um, There became issues, I think, with family members over uh, quality of other Chubbies franchises opening up. And they're not wanting to be a direct affiliation with the original Chubbies. So, you know, like families, there's always drama and disputes and there were some lawsuits over the years over the usage of the name i think there was um some cousins who sued each other uh, back in the day over the use of chubby's bubacchinos as a name and bubacchinos um had to drop the chubby's name and they are bubacchinos so if you see bubacchinos they're connected to the Chubby's family, but they are not affiliated with the original Chubby's as a restaurant after that lawsuit. But yeah, there had been disputes um, for years with the family over name usage and, um, you know, who's going to take over. I'm not sure where all that's landed throughout the years,
0: but it would be interesting to find out. Because it's kind of still, it's still going, this like. Yeah. (laughs) Again, this was sort of pre our age, but green chili has proliferated across Colorado and become sort of a staple food and flavor for us. And, you know, your family is multiple generations back from the San Luis Valley, which is like the origin of this food. Do you think that Stella Cordova and Chubby's like helped to to bring this food to more people? Oh,
1: definitely. So many, um, you know, entrepreneurs that came from Southern Colorado and opened restaurants here brought amazing, delicious
0: green chili gold to the rest of Denver. Yeah, and I think it's such a part of our cultural identity. um, But it's cool that we can trace it back to a, a person that lived in Denver not long ago. You know, she was like a living legend for a long time.
1: And the thing about it was, it's not just Mexican food. I think what Stella Cordova did is, you know, she put a twist on it and combined that the American side of things, the American food with the Mexican food. And that's something that's really unique to Denver. I don't think a lot of people know that because you'll see this at other restaurants too, like Mexico City. It's the American cheese, that yellow <laughs> plasticky kind of cheese. Yeah. Uh, some people think it's like government cheese and they'll be like, oh, chubby has got the government cheese. But I don't think, I think it's more velvety, <laughs> but it's like that American cheese combined with the food, uh, the Mexican food, and it creates like this unique taste that, you know, combines those two things.
0: And I feel like like the Mexican hamburgers, a big item at Chubby's, like you said, smothered fries. So it's really this like beautiful marriage of uniquely um, Colorado, Chicano, Mexican food with, you know, sort of what started out like the pre-McDonald's of the world when everybody had their own sort of burger drive-in. Yes, you know? exactly.
1: And you can still get a burger at Chubby's, a good old American burger, which is overlooked a lot, but I will have a chili cheeseburger every now and then from Chubby's and it's a regular cheeseburger with the chili on
0: top. So (laughs) you can still get a regular burger there. So Stella passed away in 2009 and Chubby's and these various offshoots seem to be doing fine, but, um, you know, we're still coming out of a pandemic. Do you think that we have anything to worry about when it comes to the the Chubby's empire? (sighs) No,
1: I think Chubby's... (laughs) I don't, I've been in like blizzards and passed by 38th and Le Pen and people are still lined up at Chubby's. So I think the apocalypse could come and I would go over to chubby's and get my special with chicharron and wait for the end of the world like i would still make sure uh you know (laughs) chubby's was there i just think it has lasting power and you know the legend of chubby's has grown throughout the years and i think that nostalgia that people have for it is only grown because the neighborhoods changed so much it's like one thing that's been consistent and it's comfort. It's a lot of it's comforting for a lot of us too yeah. to be able to always go back, see people you grew up with, everyone in there getting food that we know and that we love.
0: There's just so few places left that really have that north side you know feel and draw enough to bring folks back to the neighborhood. Yeah. Like you got to have some good stuff in there. To get people to come all the way back when their neighborhood doesn't look like their neighborhood anymore. But chubbies, I think, will always be chubbies.
1: Chubbies. for life. I love chubbies. (laughs)
0: I'm going to have to
1: go right now after this and put in my order. I know. "Hmm." I was like, this conversation
0: (laughs) made me so hungry. Well, Justine, thank you so much. This was so fun. Yes, my pleasure. And here's what else Denverites are talking about redevelopment in Sun Valley. Because on Monday, city council approved $10.3 million in tax financing for new streets and infrastructure for the neighborhood. According to the Denver Post, the money will replace some of Sun Valley's streets with a more traditional grid among other improvements. Their decision comes amid a years long effort to redevelop one of Denver's poorest neighborhoods. So you know it's a controversial one. We'll be following this story as it literally develops. And finally, The global meatpacking company JBS is shuttering their Denver plant-based protein subsidiary Plantera after only three years in business. According to the Denver Business Journal, this means 121 people will lose their jobs in December. When our producer Paul Caroli interviewed Plantera's CEO, Darcy Mackin on the show earlier this year, she indicated that they've been struggling to compete with some of the more established brands like Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat overall sales of plant-based protein seem to have plateaued in 2022 as well after a wave of interest in 2020 and 2021. But I'm guessing this also has something to do with people not wanting to buy plant-based protein from the world's largest meat producer. I'll drop a link to that episode in the show notes if you want to hear more. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the Cordova family about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. Tell, tell one Chubby – tell your favorite Chubby story really quick.
1: Oh, this might not be one you want to put on the podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> my – I remember my friend started dating this, like, white guy from Littleton, and he was like, Chubby's is ghetto. And I'm like, it's not the ghetto anymore. They have changed the neighborhood. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know why I got so, you know, defensive over it. But we went there that night, and just <laughs> a series of, like, really ghetto things <laughs> think like this guy came out and he thought I was like talking stuff about him and I don't even know like who he was I wasn't even talking to him and he turned around and he was like hey he's like this is old school Northside, bitch and I was like well take your old ass home this is... I'm young Northside, and he was like see and then all of a sudden we're sitting there and this car pulls up into the 7-Eleven across the street, all these guys get out and they start like screaming, like, oh my God, we get maced by the cops. And they're like freaking out, they're running in 7-Eleven, like pouring gallons of milk on their face. And her boyfriend's like, see, this is crazy around here. People are getting maced. And I'm like, this is just a wild night. So we're walking back to our car and we parked over by the liquor store. Cause then you couldn't, there was like no place to park in the old, Yeah. yeah. Um, this parking lot still is terrible. That was one thing they did not improve on at all. I'm like, you could have done better. Uh, so, and we walked past these guys and one of them sits up and he's like, Justine. And it's a whole group of guys I know. And they're like, we need you to fight for us against the police brutality. We all just got maced by the cops. And then everyone was like, oh, yeah, Justine. Do something about this, like call somebody, call the man. So of course I'm there like, what happened? Doing a whole civil rights case outside of the 7-Eleven. Get my burrito at midnight after we all got done working at the club, so.